That's a saying for delayed sexual ejaculation. Oh, a wolf! My wolf's at the door. Oh my! Like my wolf's at the door. Uh, yeah. Um, Love Viagra helps me talk to lawyers. Okay. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are here in the reactor. We got both dogs in here this time. Two dogs. Because we got a dog episode coming on. Doggy Dog World. Two dogs. Snoop Doggy Dog. Two dudes. Welcome home, One guys. room. Excited. Ladies, gentlemen, so glad you're back with us. Good to be here. Guys, we have three new five-star reviews, and two of those are written reviews. The first one comes from Brendan QQQ. And one more Q. So four Qs after Brendan. Brendan, um, we understand that you weren't a huge fan of how we talked about American farming, but you still gave us five-star five stars. So thank so you. That's the most important part, honestly. If you if you just hate the podcast, you have a gripe with the podcast, you're confused about it, just leave us a five-star review and then say your gripe in there. That that counts just the same. Honestly, Brendan, honestly, thank you for the review. Thank you for the five stars. Sometimes the best way to listen to the episode, you just press play and then pause. We don't care, honestly. That's a download right there. Count it. That's a play. Brendan. Brendan. Dude, thank you for the review. Thank you for the review. Sorry that we weren't uh, that whatever with the, with American farming. Okay? Yeah. But guess what? Honestly, we are ignorant. Guess what? You can probably look at almost everything we've said and say, hey, they missed one or two things. So, Thank you, Brendan. But thank you for the five-star review. But thank we you. Love we appreciate you. it. We love you. Appreciate it. The second it. review. Okay. As soon as I can pull it up right here. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. From uh, from 12 dash couple semicolons difficult yeah, weird username weird username uh titled Havanagila. as a fellow jew i cannot love the Havanagila intro more and that's how the podcast is great for jews and gentiles alike thank you so much for your thank amazing you, review brother it made us feel or sister thank you brother or sister true thank you brother or sister it made us feel super good um i was at a little bit of a low point and i saw this review and it made me feel great you're the man and i slept like a baby you're or the man woman. or you're the man or woman or you're lady oh my god you I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, we don't know the sex of the reviewer. If hey. I had to guess, I would say it was a lady. Really? Yeah. I would say it was a man. I'm going to guess that you're a man. I'm guessing you're a woman. But anyway, um, you're the, also talking. You're the person. No, what's your gripe today? Hey, my my gripe, Adam. The gripe is that I just don't understand how the people on these trails don't hear me when I'm running when I'm like running behind them. Yeah. And and move out of the way. Because when I'm hiking, I hear runners from like and so far away. And I move over to the side of the trail. they're just expecting you to go around. They're just like, you I go can't around. go around. Well, I can't go around it's them a for single, tra- single track. I can't trail. go around them for two reasons. One, I literally physically can't go around them. Yeah. And and two is that I know that they're going to be really Rona scared. So I don't know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. And I, again, you know, when I'm outside in the trails, whatever you will, I don't wear a mask because I'm fucking outside in the trail. Yeah. Okay. And people wear the mask outside maskless, the trail. The maskless wonder. I'm the maskless wonder out there. Um, Let me talk about Minecraft. Let's do talk about me. It's enough about you. Let's talk about me. Okay. Do okay. it. Okay. You may have seen pictures, or maybe not, but my beard is gone completely off my it face. It looks weird. And therefore, it looks really since weird. my beard is gone, my Jewishness yeah, you look has also Jewish. completely left. Um, I want to tell a story about the first day of high school. In middle school, I remember you telling me to shave my sideburns because they would grow back faster in like eighth grade. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. I remember, some for some reason, I remember being in a car and this happening in our mom's minivan, green minivan. Okay, keep going. But in middle school, basically... 
public middle school, nobody really had a beard. I don't remember anyone who had a beard in eighth grade, right? Pretty beardless. Okay. We were starting to get a little bit of like some sideburn action going on. The Jews are starting to get it. Jews in are starting, things are starting to happen for the things Jews. Things are starting to happen. But not full beard. Okay. Yeah. For my freshman year of high school, I went to an, a Jewish private high school in San Francisco. Talk more about that decision another day. And the, the first day I showed up at um, Golden Gate Park and there was like an event for freshmen. And I walk in, I didn't know anyone. I knew, I knew one person, not correct. I knew one person. And I will say that 75% of the men had full beards. And I say men, they were <laughs> freshmen in high school boys. At the Jewish, at the full, Jewish high school? Full on beards. Let me say, for not only some of them, not only had full on beards, some of them had full on chest rugs. Can I just say, a full on can chest I say, rug? Can I say, yeah, for a Jew, right? That's okay, the point. I'm here's the at. thing about being Jewish. Okay, are you going to be the biggest or best looking? No, no, no. You're, to you're those. usually not going to be. So really, all you've got physically is that you have a lot of hair on your face. So generally, you know, you're gonna you're gonna maximize that face hair. Adam's taking a bone away from our dog, from my dog, yeah, literally so during the dog. What I was trying to say is that having a beard for a Jewish person, it's a huge deal. And it's a huge part you don't of your mu- Jewish You don't have identity. much else physically. And Jewish men have beards. So without my beard, I just feel this lack of Jewishness. And I don't really know who I am. I'm having a little bit of an identity crisis. You need to get the beard back. Ship a Theseus. That went through easy. Yeah, I'm gonna play a little game. Okay. Beardless Wander. Okay, let's do it. Can you name the five most popular dogs in 2013? Yeah, I'm really excited about this because I think I actually, I think I got it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, listener, you play along too. Number one, golden retriever. Obviously, everyone and their mother has a golden retriever. And their mothers. Ever, I a mean, <laughs> it's a saying. That's a thing. Okay, golden retriever. One. Okay, got it for sure. It's on there. Okay, two. La, uh, German Shepherd. German Shepherd is Which on I there. Which I really want. German Shepherd's I number really two. I really want a German Shepherd. German Shepherd's number two. Golden's number three. This is in 2013. Okay. Uh, Labrador. Labrador is number one. Hey, buddy. This is my little black lab. Okay. Lab. By little, I mean an 80-pound lab staring at me right now. Breeder Labrador. dog. Breeder dog. Yep. Okay. Lab. Golden Retriever. German Shepherd. Two more. Fuck. You're not, I don't Wait, just hold on. Stop. 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 I, 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 need, I need like a second. Fuck it. Um... I'm just thinking about like the dog park. Like when I go to the dog park, like what are the dogs I see all the time? Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, You're not going to get it. The last two in 2013 are Beagle and Bulldog. What? So the entire list is. Okay, that's cool. I wouldn't have gotten that. Lab, German, Golden, Beagle, and Bulldog. Okay, okay. but I, that's weird because I don't see very, very many Beagles at like a dog well, park. This is 2013. So in 2020, what are the five most popular dogs? Okay, Lab. Lab, got it. Number golden one. Retriever. Lab and Golden Retriever are America's dogs. Golden Retriever still number three. Okay. And German Shepherd, obviously. Still number two. Okay. And then I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go Bulldog. Complicated relationship that Jewish people have to the, the German Shepherd. Very complicated relationship with the German Shepherd. Um, I really want a German Shepherd. Did that dog attack a lot of Jews? Probably. Absolutely. A lot of Jewishness in the beginning of this episode. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Beagle. That's the only change. The Beagle is now a French Bulldog, which is number four. Okay. Wow. Lab, German, Golden Retriever, Beagle, which is now a French Bulldog, and Bulldog. So French Bulldog, Bulldog. Yeah. So both Bulldogs. Sorry. Lab, German, Golden, French Bulldog, English Bulldog. Cool. I didn't know the Bulldogs were in the top five. 
I did not know that they were in the top. But five. if you walk these streets, you can tell that the bulldog is bulldog's hot right now. But to get like a pure to get a pure bulldog, Very that expensive. shit is expensive. Very expensive. Or well, any of those dogs is expensive. But a golden retriever is like everyone gets a golden retriever. Yeah, and you know I have a lab. He's right there, number one, my number one in my heart too. Look at him, he's sleeping. My cute little little love bundle. Yeah. Well, you know, what's our topic today? Hey, our topic today is human and dog relationships. Okay, yeah. we got a we got a, a potpourri of topics. We're gonna go into first of all wolves eating people. Yep. Okay, then we're gonna talk about does my dog think I'm a dog? That's something I've literally always thought about. Like, do other what, people think I'm a dog? Do other people think I'm a dog? And also, does my dog think I'm a dog? Like, what does he think that I am? Yeah. Okay. Then military police dog training bomb dogs. Yeah. Okay, that shit is sick. Yep. Um. Then how much can dogs communicate with us? Right. Like how much do they actually understand when you're trying to communicate with your little love bundle? Yep. And then you have, is it morally better to adopt or support a breeder? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a strong opinion on this. Can okay. I, I don't even know how you could argue the other, the other one of this. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to touch on it. Okay. We're going to argue it a little bit. Then we're going to end before open kimono with a dog sense of time. So, you know, when you're Ooh. gone for like a day versus a couple months, does, does your dog, your dog know? actually know the difference between that or not at all? Um, for, does my dog think that I'm a dog is, does my dog think that I'm a dog D A W G I'm his dog mm-hmm. or another dog physical D O Does Snoop dog think I'm a dog. Does my dog think I'm a dog? I'm his <laughs> dog. He's my dog. He's my dog and my dog. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. That's called a play on words. Adam. Yep. In the beginning is that don't suck. Sure. You got 60 seconds. Ready? Ready to go. I'm ready to, to pass about the history of human and dog relationships. Three, rough. two, rough, rough. woof. Uh, dogs split from gray wolves, Noah, when members of the pack started hanging out in human settlements. These wolves were slightly less aggressive by nature because they approached the humans in the first place, and they survived because of this human cohabitation. So eventually, the wolf pack became more and more domesticated as they spent more time with the humans and less aggressive until we arrived at the modern-day dog. Dog. Doge. <laughs> then we put those hounds to work. Okay, Labrador sported hunters in frigid waters. And terrier search for game underneath brush. Chow Chow's even guarded Imperial Fortress Chow in Chow. China. Chow Chow. So cool looking Chow Chow's. Chow Chow. Today we are investigating some of the unknown topics about dogs and humans and wolves. How they think and feel and where they come from. So now what is our theme? Mm. Our theme for this episode is co-evolution. Yeah. <laughs> us, us and the dogs have evolved together. Here's the thing though. Scientists, to what level of co-evolution we're at, they're not totally sure. And to be honest, I think that I think that what we found doing re- research for this is there. This is there's not a whole lot of great research. Really, would you say it's it's confusing, hotly debated? It's it's confusing. It's hotly debated. Okay, and we're gonna get into it. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to say. Yeah. Not related. I've been I've been reading Starship Troopers. Upon your your um. It's completely re- related to dogs or unrelated. Uh, you know, there's a D-A-W-G in it. There's a dog in it. Johnny Rico. Johnny Rico. Yeah. I just want to say that Starship Troopers, the book. Okay, the movie actually ruins the book. Well, it's just a different thing. They're just going for a different thing. It's a satire. Okay, but but what what sucks is that I think people don't read the book because they've seen the movie and they're like, the movie's stupid. It's still a great movie, though. In it, its own way. Uh, it's nothing like the book. The shower scene? You don't remember the shower scene? Oh, I love the shower the co-ed scene. co-ed shower scene? I love co-ed, co-ed naked showers. Co-ed That's, naked showers. Do you know what military I like? Do you know what mil- military I like? What? Military that has co-ed Where naked everyone's showers. everyone's a model and a co-ed naked shower? That's the kind of military I'm talking about. Yeah. Um controversial book let me ask you just one thing sure i know this doesn't have to do with D- it has to do with dawg so it has to do with people um there's this thought in the book that you're only a citizen if you serve a term in the in the military okay 
and that the only people allowed to vote are people that are basically served t- terms in the military. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you: Do you agree with that? It's a pretty heavy question just to dump on me without telling me in the middle so of the do- in the middle of the it. dog episode. In the middle of the dog episode. Yeah. Do I think that that is something I've been thinking about? Do so I, I think that to... that has merit? That idea? Yeah, because I'll tell you what I like. I I'll tell you what I like about it. I think that the idea that people should have a little bit more responsibility and knowledge about things before maybe we're given access to vote is something worth considering. Maybe I mean people have talked about so, it a lot. As he said, as he says in the book, the point of it is that in the military you've given everything to someone else, yeah, and those people are more responsible, and that's why they get to vote. So here's here's my thing. Yeah. Here's my thing. I think it would be cool if we had like a volunteer limit to vote. Like you had to volunteer a certain amount of hours each year to then be able to to vote. Do like some civic volunteering. Any kind of civic volunteering. So like you have to be a part of society and volunteering, right? Because then people that just don't want to be a part of anything. Yeah. Right. They don't they don't get to vote. And again, in the middle of the dog episode, but right. I that just is a really cool it. that's a really cool idea. Like maybe planting trees or building building bridges doing or doing like building a community center, Basically, doing some civic stuff. You gotta spend twenty four hours being doing civic stuff and being a part of society, then you get to vote. Yeah. I think that that's interesting. I mean I think can, there's merit how about, to that idea. how about Israel as an example when everyone has to serve in the military? Right. So one thing about Israel that I will say when I when I was there is that it's incredibly like safe. Like well, I was a kid there, seventeen years old. Well, for people that don't know, what is the, what makes uh, it special in that society? Yeah. So everyone has to go into the military. At what age? About. 18. Okay, 18. In 18, everyone has to go into the military. Um, and one thing is like when I was I was a kid there at 17, it's incredibly safe there because there's a, there's, there's a lot of law and order there. Heavy amount of law and order. Um, and so like as a kid at 17, when like you'd be kind of scared of your kid to run around a U.S. city, you can just run around an Israeli city. And yeah. no one, no one's scared for you. It is counterintuitive though, because every block there's someone with an M16. Right, but that's kind of what makes it safe, because there is someone every block with an M16. Maybe. Well, something to think about in the middle of the dog episode. In the middle of the dog episode. Adam. Yeah. Wolves eating people. Any other heavy kind of questions you're going to dump on me? This is something episode? that I was. Just was let just, me know up front. I would, I would just recommend you guys read Starship Troopers. The movie is stupid. The book is amazing. How dare you? The movie is a classic. The, the movie ruins the fact that the book is really good. Yeah, but the movie is a great like satire comedy, and it's just ridiculous. But it's still good. It's like a great B movie. It's if, one of the best bad movies. If there ever. was a military that was co-ed with just models, everyone you got to shower together. Do you know? Also, Neil Patrick Harris is in the movie. Yes, you know so, yeah, for sure. He's the brain at the end. Yeah, get and read the, the book is actually good. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, wolves eating people. Okay, wolves eating people. Speaking of bugs, which they fight in Starship Troopers, um, wolves are actually really, really big. You sip that chai, you monkey. You sip that chai away from the microphone. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, listener. I'm too nice now. Um, Wolves are three feet tall and can weigh 175 pounds. Okay, so these things are big. They're fucking huge. They're huge. The only time we've seen wolves is when we went to the Austin Zoo. Okay, and they were prowling around. They weren't prowling like they wanted meat. They look like they've been fed. But they are absolutely massive. And you can tell why they're the scourge of hum- of early humanity because they're fucking huge. Wait, they're fucking huge. I want to say that again. They're fucking huge. They're way bigger than you think they are. Explain their hugeness. They're fucking huge. And and like a big ass man, like let's say the rock had to go toe to toe with a wolf. The wolf would destroy him. How about a wolf man? Yeah. Or the full lupin. A Professor full lupin. wolf man. I'm just saying that I think that you think that the wolves are kind of small. They're fucking real big. Yeah. So when you think of they're wolves. They're big and scary. They're not coyotes. Okay. No, they're coyote is a scavenger animals. that's very like small as a house cat. Hold on, it, it's they're like they're bigger than a great Dane. If there is a great Dane, great Don, they're 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 kind of like a great Dane in size. 
Adam? Yeah. Your thoughts uh, on that? Absolutely. I so imagine a Great Dane in size with ferocity, with huge canines, and they're a carnivore. They're a predator. I mean, they only eat meat, as predators do. They also hunt in packs, right? They're incredibly socially able to hunt in packs, and that's why they're so fearsome. I do want to do a wolf episode at one point. Right, and such good predators. Um, quick history of evolution here. When the gray wolf was in Eurasia, and when we first settled down there, they were at the top of the food chain, so we were battling it out. Those three, I just wanted to mention those three, a wolf at the door, a wolf in sheep's clothing, and Little Red Riding Hood as being kind of coming from that early generation in the 1800s where when wolves were wolves fucking were eating people. Kind of fucking eating people and stuff. Um, also, <laughs> weirdly Jesus. enough, a wolf at the door, it means delayed sexual ejaculation. That's a saying for delayed sexual ejaculation. Oh, a wolf. My wolf's at the door. Oh, my, like my wolf's at the door. Uh, yeah. Um, Love Viagra helps me talk to lawyers. Okay. Speaking of sexual ejaculation, Lewis and Clark. All right. So we're a little bit out. We're at the early, early 1800s now when they were sailing up the Missouri River. Wolves were a huge problem feasting on corpses that were dying in their, uh, in their um, adventure party. I was going to say exhibition, but I didn't want to do exhibitionist. So I said with adventure Isn't that party. good? They're getting rid of the dead body. Um, it was good, but they didn't want to touch the dead bodies, Lewis and Clark. So they would come into camp and just devour these dead bodies. So what they had to do so it attracted them. So it actually attracted them. They had to bury the dead bodies six feet deep and then put stones and boards over it. So the wolves wouldn't dig it up because it's attracting the wolves and that could lead to more danger. Yeah. Wolves and corpses are a huge problem, uh, throughout the 1800s, throughout the civil war. I mean, they were just like the a worse form of for the an infestation war, for the civil war after a battle would wolves just go across the battleground eating yeah but they don't just eat uh, like yeah. i was saying they wolf you picture. know like to wolf it down right oh. that comes from how wolves eat when Good. your dog eats its dog food that's how they eat a dead body now i get it yeah so they would literally devour it until there was bone and nothing left they hose, savage they just hose it down listen when you're out there in the wild okay and you haven't had a meal in weeks and you know you might not get another one, this is what you do. You evolve to devour your food extremely quickly. Yeah, I think I think it's crazy though. Like this creature, this creature that was doing this, it's now like inside of all of our homes cuddling with us. Uh, just a quote from uh, Fort Kearney in central Nebraska, uh, where the United States Army was kind of adv- advancing on the frontier. In quotes, the United States Army, soldiers reassigned to Fort Kearney in central Nebraska reported that they had to bury their dead in deep holes, place heavy planks over the coffins and then haul large stones to fill the graves in order to prevent the wolves from disintegrating the corpse. I love the word disintegrating because that's what it looks like in videos. If you want to see wolves just tearing something apart. Yeah. You don't want to see it. It's a little, dark. you know, you know, right now I'm mean, and you know, they are being in a dark place. I need more darkness. When I, before I go to sleep and I, I look at a picture of wolves tearing up human bodies. That's good. Do you wake up? <laughs> that's, that's what you and your, your friend Ted Bundy do. That's good, he said. Um, okay. Uh, through the 1800s, just to get us to modern day, Plains Indians and other smallpox-stricken tribes were very much attacked by wolves um, because during these times of drought or starvation, they were extremely opportunistic hunters. Throughout the 1800s, I mentioned a couple stories of a boy helping his father raise a log cabin, walking on by himself getting eaten by wolves to women leaving in the evening in search for cattle, getting eaten by wolves as well. They compare the wolves to demons being out there in the night. And then when I think about that, I think of the Peter Brett series. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, I feel like he's that. borrowed a lot of that from, from wolves in the kind night. of how people felt about wolves in the, in the 1800s, like settlers. Yeah. When you just look outside and you see the eyes, you, you know, just see the eyes, you know, something's you out know there that they're you. out there. Um, That's when people have, were made of hard stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously. 
Um, yeah. So in the there is evidence of wolves attacking humans in like the 20th century and even in the 2000s. There was the most recent attack is in 2010 in Alaska where a woman was attacked on the side of of a highway and eaten by I, a pack of wolves. I remember when I was a kid, there mm-hmm. was like this dis, there was this Discovery Channel thing and it had like the advisory before like this might scare you. And I was like a really young kid and it was about wolves eating people in like Africa or something. Yeah. And I watched it and was freaked out for a very long time. That was yeah. a scary movie. That was the scariest movie I've ever seen. What was it? What was it, it called? It was, it was some Discovery Channel thing when I was like a kid. My octopus teacher? No. <laughs> About wolves eating people. Magic school bus? Not Ms. getting a lot from you today. Miss Frindle. What's going on? Yeah. Miss Frindle, magic school bus? <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, wolves still do fucking eat people. But usually it's now because they're rabid. If a wolf is rabbit, it'll do things like it'll go into camps and just try to eat everyone and bite everyone. Jesus. It's like a, a, a zombie virus, uh, rabies. Yeah. So, basically the summation of all of that research and all of that talky talk is that wolves used to eat people and people used to be scared shitless of wolves to leave their house. So, Noah. Demons in the night. Take us to where we are today. Does my dog think that I'm a all dog? Right, good. And the dog family dynamic. How did we get here? Okay, I love it. Okay, obviously, now, these wolves, they've come into our home, okay? So, the big thing, like, I always ask myself, do you ask yourself this? When when you look at, like, your dog, it's like, does my dog think that I am a dog, too? Like, what does it think about me? Like, what does it think that I am in relation to it? Do you ever think this way about Blue? Yeah, no, I think about that all the time. But I think that, my guess is that he thinks that I am not a dog. Okay, let me let me, let me go into that guess. Because when he sees another dog, he dogs the fuck out. When he sees me, right, okay. he hands me like his corn to play with. Right, when he sees you, he like sits and is like, give me a tree. When he sees another dog, he starts to hump. Yeah. Right? Look, can I just tell you, I'm going to jump in here about my sweet boy. Yeah, go ahead. Really quickly. I Just the love I feel for my dog is, uh, is just like nothing I've ever felt before. I mean, I think if you're a parent, right, listening to this, you've obviously felt something completely different. And you're like, who is this? Who is this 30-year-old to tell me about his love for his dog when I have a child? Right, but let me tell you something. I love my absolute dog. Okay. Honestly, I got my, my, my partner next to me. I got my dog sleeps in his crate usually. And honestly, I just like look over at my dog in the middle of the night sometimes. And I just want to touch him. Yeah, actually we're, so badly. I'm going to, I'm going to jump off that with you. And sometimes okay. I do. Do you, do you, do you know why you want to touch your dog? I have no idea. Okay. Let me, let me tell you that. Okay. That's actually because when you're, so when you're petting your dog, what's being, what's being produced is oxytocin. Okay, ah, I've heard of it. Okay, an oxytocin is the same chemical that's produced for like a parent to child relationship. So oh, like shit, really? Yeah, so like when you're holding your child and you're like this is nice, you know, making a rocking motion with my hand. Yeah. That's oxytocin that's going into your into your brain. That's going around your brain. It's like this loving, caring thing. Does it get like it gets created? Yeah. When I when I do created it. spread around your brain. Okay. That's awesome. So when you're petting, when you want to pet your dog, when you look at your dog or when you look at a dog and you're like I need to pet this thing, you know that feeling where like I literally have to pet it, I can't move away? That's because you want your brain wants the oxytocin. Okay? Yeah. And also, here's what's really cool, your dog, it also gets the oxytocin in its brain. Whoa, really? So that's Does why it? when you're petting a dog, it fucking loves it. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. It's from research. Um, do you from get, others research, do you not get, <laughs> Do you get the same hit of oxytocin? When you touch another person's dog, is it more of a hit when you touch your own dog? Oh, that's a, such a good question. I wonder. I, I'm guessing it's so, more of a hit when you touch your dog. Okay, so so through the research, what I found is that your dog... So through the co-evolution, basically, dogs and humans, like, they, like, they've become one. However, 
your dog, like the dog that you are an owner of, it, it experiences co-evolution basically stronger when it's with you. Okay, so one one study to show that is what's called secure base effect. But what is that? Okay, so secure base effect is it's the and it's the same for a parent and a child. Okay, it's basically that when the parent is around a, a child, the child will explore more. So let's say like you're at a playground and your child's out there, it's gonna feel more comfortable exploring because you're the secure base that's there for it. Yeah, once okay. again, if you are a parent and you just think we're stupid because that's we fine. don't know how it feels, it's fine. We are. We're ignorant. That's fine. We are just ignorant. Write we, it, don't, we don't have kids. Just go to that's iTunes okay. and just write it in anyway. there and give us a five-star review. Okay. That's, how you, that's how you do your complaints. If Okay, but this is this has been studied. If the parent, let's say that a different parent was there, yeah. okay, and your kid is out playing the structure, it's still, you know, it might know the other parent, but it's not going to, your kid isn't going to explore as much because it's not going to have the same kind of secure base effect. Ah, okay. Okay, so to, to test this with dogs, they just did the same thing. They like hit a tree. They had the owner watch the dog. Who's they? Scientists. Lou. Okay, Lou. Lou's back. Lou, <laughs> Lou the generic scientist. It's, comes it's, in and does our No, it's, it's, it's from the University of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Vienna, Austria. Ah, okay, a, universe, a university inside of another university. <laughs> Universityception. <laughs> Universityception in Austria. Yeah. Okay. So basically, they tested when the owner was with the dog and there, there was a treat hidden. How much more likely was more motivated was it to like explore and try and find that treat? Oh, that's okay? cool. And so when the owner was there, it was super motivated. But when someone else was there, like a different person was there, it didn't look for the treat as long because it doesn't have the same kind of secure base effect. <laughs> yes. Name that. Listener, what is this from? That is really crazy and mysterious. Should we tell? Should we? Should we say where it's from, or should we just let him let him look no, it up? If you don't know where that's from, guys, I just want to tell listen. you that the truth is out there. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, secure base effect. Yeah. Parent and child. Okay. Owner and dog. Yeah. Same thing. So this goes to the point that base and the oxytocin, which same thing with a parent and a child, dog, a dog owner and a dog. Dogs look at you when a dog looks at you. It looks at you like their parent. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Wait, what they're looking at you like. How how can we prove that? I just I I, I know I know that the why male models like why male models the oxytocin Derek, Zula, Derek Zoolander okay the oxytocin right yeah and the security that they get yes the oxytocin which is the same chemical that a parent and a, ch- a child human get and the secure base effect yeah you're which right. is I'm a fucking idiot okay there we you go just said it honestly okay also smelly pirate hooker absolutely thank you Ron Burgundy yeah. um so. Another thing is, so when you say like, do so you're their parent, right? But do they look at you as a dog? Okay. We've established yeah. you're their parent. We've established they look at you as their dog. Let me talk w- about a dog's sense of smell real fast. Yeah. Okay. Dogs have 6 million olfactory receptors in the nose while, while humans, nope. Humans have 6 million olfactory receptors in the, in the nose and dogs have 300 million. So 600 to 300 nope, million? 6 million to, to 300, 300 million, million of a dog. And this is like an exponential increase in smell. Yeah. So to give you an example of how powerful a dog's smell can be, if you took 20 Olympic swimming pools, okay, and you dropped like a drop of marijuana, like literally a, a, a drop of marijuana, what the a leaf? drop of, of smelly of marijuana, <laughs> what is it like the leaf, a drop of a leaf? Yeah. Well, this is, I'm going to branch off to a personal story after this. Okay. If drop, is it Rick Simpson oil? Are we dropping in <laughs> Rick Simpson oil? It's that dank. Dropping the dank. Into okay. A if you pool. do a drop of smelly dank. In 20 Olympic swimming pools, and a dog is trained to find weed. Where's Michael Phelps? It, it will find it. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. Did you listen to that experiment? 20 Olympic swimming pools. 20 Olympic sw- swimming pools. Take literally a syringe and drop a drop of dank inside of it. It will smell it. The dog. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. It's almost like we should use them as drug dogs. Okay, and drugs. I'm talking about <laughs> talking about drug dogs. There was one time where me and Adam were, were we were driving to go hike at Big Bend National Park. Wait, wait, wait. we weren't driving to go. Hike. We were driving to go have a vision quest we're, in we're, the desert. We were driving with, to go have a vision quest in Texas at Big Bend National Park. To get to Big Bend National Park, you have to drive like really close to the border. So in the border of Texas, there's all these border control stops. A lot. Okay, we had like a tiny little bit of weed in the car. Okay, one of our friends had some weed. We got we got to like within like 200 feet of the of the border patrol stop, and the German Shepherd just starts absolutely losing his shit. Yeah. Then we get up to the checkpoint. The German Shepherd just jumps on the car. Right. It's just losing it, going I was crazy. Just like, oh, it's because we're Jewish. Yeah. Like, clearly, <laughs> good. So there's nothing wrong. <laughs> good. Um. Yeah, and it's because we had weed in the car. What happened at the end of that story? Basically, our friend got detained for like an hour. And basically, then the we got told to go drink at the bar. Basically, and then the, we left. The border patrol, the border patrol dudes, in their wisdom, said, "said Why don't you just go get a buzz on?" That's what they said. Why don't little, you go drink? Little did I know that in one of the backpacks. Okay, check your. First of all, oh, the yeah, lesson yeah, here yeah. is that check your backpacks before you go anywhere if you are a partaker in recreational substances. Because that shit in just my stays backpack, there. In my in a backpack. In one of the smaller pockets, I had a couple pills of MDMA, otherwise known as ecstasy, street name Molly. And the die, and they didn't find it. Going back Thank to Mexico, where God. it came from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> going back home. Like the one ring. He wanted the, one the ring. The wanted ring to wanted to get home. He wanted to get home. He wanted to get home. Uh, anyway, we got to Big Ben with no weed, and we had a vision quest with no weed. Well, did we get weed? Well, I don't remember. Okay, but 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 the main part of the story is that we knew we had weed. We forgot that we had Molly. And so right. the dog freaked out and smelled the weed. And the, the border patrol b- dudes took the weed, gave gave us a lecture about how much cooler drinking is than smoking, and then and then, we were, and then led us on our way. We got to Big Bend National Park and we found the Molly in the backpack. And we're like, thank God we didn't know about it. To say because we didn't like yeah. we just didn't even know it was there. So like they like we weren't nervous about it at all. Just a pain in the scene to say that this border patrol stop is in the the ass the asshole of nowhere is to put it nicely. Okay, that's very nicely. These border patrol stops are literally in in hell. Okay, is what it looks like. I'm gonna say if you're a border patrol agent, good on you. I'm just gonna say that the people that probably ended up in this butthole of the U.S. as border patrol agents, hopefully an intern. Okay, those are the interns of border patrol. It looked like it. Okay, anyway. Adam. Yeah. In summation, dogs know you aren't a dog because of their sense of smell. Yeah. They also look to you as their parent because of oxytocin and secure base effect. That's awesome. I've yeah, always wanted, cool. but so I w- that's it. That's the an- that's that's the answer to that. I was really hoping that Blue looked at me as a parent. He does. He that's looks at you as his amazing. parent and his protector, and he knows you're not a dog. Well, that's amazing. I, can he just tell me that he loves me at some point? Like, I, can he say it with his mouth? He is, do. I think, well, the oxytocin is rushing into his brain when you pet him. I would like him to say it. I just need him to say it. At just some like, point, I I, sometimes when I'm sleeping, I think about how awesome it would be to hear him say okay, that. One thing that I, one thing that was interesting to, to read about yeah. is just that they have co-evolved with us, but they're still just really fucking different than humans. Yeah, they're, they're dogs. So when, when he's licking you and like tasting you, that's because, you know, he like, he likes you. Is it also or is that because is that us anthropomorphizing again, which we, you know, are trying to avoid in the scientific community? Science, 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 science. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I, I, I'll, I'll touch on this. Okay. I actually eliminated it from the outline. Don't just touch on it. it. Grab it. Okay. There's, this is called theory of the mind. What you're talking about. Fucking yes. What theory of the mind means is, 
can dogs understand that other beings have mental states? Oh, it yeah, okay. So yeah, can they understand consciousness? Can they understand consciousness? So like from from observation, when you're sad, when like when like we're sad, like when it, when Ashley's crying or like when we're sad or something, mm-hmm. Ollie like our dog will come right up to us. And I'm sure that you found that with Blue. Maybe not. Your dog no, now with your dog. Blue, Okay. With blue. Honestly, I've tested it out. I've I've like I've fake fallen over and fake cried and he doesn't come. Okay. So our dog comes right away. They've actually done experiments with this. Yeah. Okay. What they did is that they had someone behind a behind a door that was slightly ajar. The dog's owner went behind a door and would like would like cry. Simulate crying. Okay. And they compared the time the dog came to them where the person behind the door was just like being normal. Yeah, and the dog came. The dogs came to them like five times faster. Yeah, I worry about me and my dog during that experiment. I feel like my dog would get a good smell or something in the corner of the room. Yeah. So anyway, it do, it does seem like dogs do recognize. They recognize when you're sad. You know, when maybe when things are getting hot and heavy, right? Maybe when you're about to ew. to to copulate. Yeah. Ew. ew. Uh, it'll wait, wait, wait. Just hold on. Hold yeah. on. Wait, when you're about to copulate, yeah. you know, our dog like literally always knows. Ew. You guys copulate. It's disgusting. No, we're like it's absolutely disgusting. We, we're like we're like bacteria. We fission. You fission. We fission. We go in the same room. We shake and we fission. Well, that's what we we're talking about. Is that the copulation? You know, you got to be direct, and you get gotta set everything up. Put the dog away. Well, that's what I'm stretch saying. it out. But like, the, like but the but through observation of being a dog owner, the dogs obviously can tell these things. But yeah. the problem is that that still doesn't show that they have theory of mind that they actually can understand your mental state. The thing is that hmm. they a dog like so we see everything. Right. Okay, yeah. Dogs just they, just get rid of their eyesight. They just smell everything. They also they they also so, see things. Too. So well, a dog smells cortisol. Okay, stress. Okay. Okay. It's, it smells horniness, whatever the hell that is, and it's okay. and it smells your chemicals for sadness. Oh really? Yeah. So they just smell all these things and they react to them, but it still doesn't show that they actually understand your mental state, which is theory of the mind. And this is Wait, kind I of I don't understand how that's any different. Why would, why okay, is it different good. to see someone sad than it is to smell someone sad? Okay, I'm glad you asked that because this is kind of the nutshell of the problem with animal experience and experiments in general. Yeah, is that just because a dog can re- react to, let's just take stress. A dog mm-hmm. can react to your stress, your cortisol levels, because it smells it. Just because yeah. a dog reacts to your cortisol doesn't mean that they, in their mind, are like, "Oh, Adam is sad right now." But it, but so like some, okay. So, so some, like half the scientific community would say, Hey, it's smelling the cortisol. Yeah. Like, isn't that close enough? Mm-hmm. And the other half would say, no, it's not because we don't know if it actually is like Adam is stressed versus cortisol is coming off of Adam. So what, so what, but how do they experience right, the cortisol? Right. Right. And then, and then you get to, so what? It seems like it's reacting to my stress. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's reacting to your stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it knows what, it, does it know like what it is? That's a question, right? I think yes. whenever we're talking about consciousness, it's just stupid because it's very misunderstood. Yeah. For let me ourselves. just let me just say my thoughts about it. Yeah. Yeah. The dogs they smell your they they smell your they smell cortisol. They smell all of these emotions coming off of you. They yeah. react to it. So yeah. yeah, they might as well be. Adam, not sure about my dog, but most dogs. Yeah, your dog is has a weird he has a weird like delayed that he reaction. Doesn't to like things. react. To, my dog reacts much more to stimulus than your dog, or or emotional smell than your dog does. My dog does, but he's in, he's kind of in his own little world. Can I tell you what it might be? What is it? Now, now I just thought about it. What? So how long have you you been with Blue for? Literally his whole life. No, I know, but how many years? Two years. Okay, so we've been with Ollie for seven. Mm-hmm. So it might just be that Ollie within those seven years. 
he has had more more emotional training basically he knows when he smells the cortisol that we're sad or stressed out and that's why he reacts to it in a bigger fashion maybe or my dog is just a fucking idiot okay hey military police and police dog training bomb dogs yeah speaking of dogs that are not idiots let's talk about (laughs) let's talk about smart blue i love you blue come here buddy does he know that you were just talking shit about him I, w- I talk shit about him, but I absolutely love here's him. Here's the thing. He's my idiot son. Here's the thing. When you talk shit about your dog. Yeah. Do they okay, know it? They can tone s- your voice. Well, here's the thing. They smell, as we're going to get into later with some cool smell examples, they smell everything. So if you talk shit about your dog and it's kind of a negative kind of a, a kind of connotation, they can smell that. So maybe. They can smell it. They smell everything. I mean, I, I absolutely love my dog. I'm just saying that like, he's just a puppy. I'm hoping that it's just kind of puppy stuff. He's a little bit of a delayed reaction to things. Yeah. You know, he does crazy puppy shit. I don't know. All right. Intelligent dogs. Let's start with bomb dogs. Bomb dog. Okay. These bomb dogs have to master over 10,000 different smells that are associated with explosives. 10,000 different smells. Uh, When a dog smells, it doesn't smell a bomb. And you were giving an example about that earlier in the pool with a marijuana. Okay. It smells the components that make up the odor. Like... You know, because I'm learning how to cook right now, right? I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not learning how to cook. I'm learning to be a chef, Noah. A yeah, chef. Yeah, Tim Ferriss. Okay. A cook. Cook just does, you know, ba-da-ba-do. Chef, you create. You're the architect. You create the menu. All right. The first thing you have to do is you are supposed to, look, like, collect different smells. Like, you're collecting of flashcards. Like, basil, oregano, marjoram, stuff like that. And you, you should be able to pick it out in a dish right away. So, that's exactly what the dog does. The dog doesn't smell like a C4. It smells like the different components of the bomb. Does that make sense? Yeah, that would be more effective. So it smells, the, it smells the powders, the the gel inside of it, the TNT that might be like a part the of ten thousand different things that could be a part of the bomb. Exactly. Okay. So to get trained, these bomb dogs they lay a grid of canisters, hundreds of canisters in length. A dog knows is trained to pick out whichever scent the owner wants by name. That is so hundreds of canisters. insane to me. It's because unbelievable. I have tried to tra- train my dog to tell the difference between a rope and fish. He's a fish toy and a rope. And I've said fish, rope, fish, rope. And it, 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 I did it for months. Did he, Is he able to tell the difference? No. What he does is he just picks up both of them until I give him a treat. That sounds like something uh, bad training more than it does a smell issue. Right. As they say, it always reflects on the trainer. Right. The trainer, the craftsman, right? Yeah, the craftsman. Poor, poor craftsman blames his dog. Yeah. And honestly, getting back to Starship Troopers, what they say is that is that lawless, lawlessness or crime just reflects on the government. Um, when they... <laughs> yes. That's when what they... What? Nothing to say about that. No, I think that that's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's idealistic in its own military kind of way. I think that I don't agree with that part that only the military should vote. I disagree that people, you should have to give some kind of responsibility I think that that's to what other he means. people. That, that's, yeah. That's what he means. That, what he, by he, we mean Robert Heinlein, who yeah. wrote Starship Troopers. Right. Okay. So when these dogs find what they're looking for in the canister, they just sit. They find what they're looking for and they just they just sit right by the canister. Because obviously, if they were just like, oh, what does your dog do when it finds somebody it likes to smell? It just goes fucking ape. It goes ape. I'll tell you what my dog it. does. It tries to put its mouth on it right away. Your my Labrador tries to put his mouth on it yes. right away or paw at it. Obviously, that's not good. So what they're trying to do is just sit right there. Uh, it's amazing. Okay. They have an unreal nose. Dogs do. Unreal nose. 35% of a dog's brain is associated with smell. Compared with 5% of a human's brain. In her book, Inside of a Dog, okay, where she sticks her hand inside of a dog, 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. Whose book? She she. <laughs> Um, Alexandra Horowitz Right She's like Miss Dog mm-hmm. A psychologist At Barnard College Describes the sensitivity Of a dog's nose With an analogy We might smell A teaspoon of sugar In a cup of coffee A dog could detect As you were saying A teaspoon In a million gallons Of water Right It's okay. ridiculous So it's it's absurd they, And they experience The world through their nose I think that I know that like I, That's been told to me But doing the research That really hit on Is that they, It's an unbelievable That's how smell. they experience The world is by They smell shit That's how it works so my dog, when we were doing obedience training, you know, you can do a uh, scent training, like scent games, like the humane society and stuff. My dog, my dog would absolutely love that. Cause he, bl- he blows out of his nose when they're doing the, the, the thing. Yeah. My dog snorts all the time. So you would love that kind of game. Uh, that would be really cool. The dogs that they use for this are not usually Labradors though, or German shepherds. Do you know what the dog that they use for I this stuff they is? Were German shepherds. No, not That's why I see at the airport all the time. Not we actually saw one of these dogs yesterday on the street. Wait, th- when I go to the airport, I see the German Shepherd. That's true. There are some German Shepherds. Okay, but the most common dog is a Belgian Malin- Malinois. Is it, it Malinois or Malinois? Malinois. 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 Pronunciation, please. Belgian Malinois. Malinois. A Belgian Malinois. Fuck. Submariner is the dog used because <laughs> a submariner. Yeah, they're they have great endurance and they're extremely fast and strong. They aren't the biggest dogs. They're like sixty to seventy five pounds. They're pretty, pretty lithe. It's pretty fucking. They're big. pretty, pretty skinny and like tallish. Um. Oh, my dog just shook. First of all, in police work, these dogs are are not pets. I want to make that distinction right there because they're training. They are trained to be aggressive, and that is not what I thought before I did this research. They are bred for a little bit of aggression. If they're gonna do the work of like jumping into a car and like attacking someone you know, in a meth lab or whatever, or someone with a shotgun, they have to have aggression in them. If they don't have it, they cannot become a police dog certified. Okay. Okay. So, um, in this police dog training video, the police dog trainers has brutal dog scars. In other words, as in what he says is that they bite people for a living, which is not supposed to be fun. So when they say, don't touch the dog, when it's like yeah, a police dog at the airport, what yeah, I always thought aggressive. was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's you're cute. Distra- I thought it was like, you're distracted. You're distracted, but it's like, oh, no, this is like an aggressive dog. That it might bite your hand. It's going to rape you. The dog is going to, the dog, like. Okay, that's interesting. If you I, thought it was that, it, I thought it was that we're going to distract the dog. I didn't think it was like, oh, no. this is a safety issue that, for you. It means that that dog has had months of aggressive training, and you should probably not touch it. That cool. wouldn't be good. Okay, keep going. Okay, so um, with these police dogs, what they do is they usually give it out to a third party who specializes in training. The training is about four months long for some of these dogs, and a lot of them do not make it through the training. No, I do not have the percentage. Navy okay. SEALs. Navy SEALs. Navy exactly. dogs. I would like to get into this hole with you right now. Okay. okay. Go. I, are you going to keep going about police dogs? I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm I am absolutely in. going about police okay. dogs. You and your girlfriend, fiance. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, police dogs. You guys. Poli- First of all, you're both a little My- bit of aggressive police dogs. Second of all, <laughs> you guys work together. Yeah. In a business. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, how is that? Can you just shed a little bit of light on that? Is that fun? Is that rewarding? Oh, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Okay. Just get Let me a tell tweet you. length, tweet length response on that. Yes. I will say this. Working with your significant other is extremely difficult. Absolutely. Especially if you have generally different personalities um, as far as working. I think that it was really rough at first. But now that we've kind of developed communication patterns... Okay, I think that actually now it's pretty good. 
but it's it's here's the problem okay you'll be sitting especially in rona you'll be sitting in your house we're working on an airbnb issue it takes us like six hours and then we're done and then we're like do you want to go on a date no. and, we're, and we're like no yeah no wait you guys do extremely well these issues that you guys have to fight with airbnb with your amazon business stuff like that are insanely difficult thank you and you guys do extremely well the reason i'm asking you that is because in this specific training um outfit that i was watching this company it's a husband and wife team and Ooh. it looks Ugh. brutal because they both take turns as being the dummy so when they're training police oh dogs God. they wrap themselves in in just tons of foil basically and padding in that looks like uh, the Michelin man. They're basically wearing it. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why we can't have a, a drone or a robot do it at this point. But because you got to make a margin, but most of you, it, you got to make a margin. Right. Most of the training is literally biting the shit out of someone in one of these suits. So yeah, dope. The guy was like, yeah, I work together with my wife and sometimes it can be very trying. And the next scene is like his wife just getting mauled by like three German shepherds. Can I, can I tell you something? After yeah. you both have been mauled by dogs for like five hours, yeah. are you guys want to go want to go out on a date together? Because I know what the answer is. The answer is going to be going to be no. Here's the thing though. Crazy thing. Let me just take you back a little bit. Okay. I At Burning Man, there's this thing. It's called, uh, what's the Mad Max little dome thing called? Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Okay. There's this thing called the Thunderdome, right? And when we were watching it, there was a couple husband and wife Thunderdome combatants like fighting they were each beating other? the shit out of each other. That's weird. And they liked it. They're like really into it. So there's a little bit of that going on. Okay. People are strange. People when you're a stranger, faces look ugly. When, when you're alone, da, 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 da. there's a little bit of that going on. Um, what he said about his wife getting bitten by the German shepherds is that he likes to actually wear the suit. He said his passion with dog training is to wear the decoy suit. And he showed his scars. He has like, his arm looks like it's been ripped off five different times. All right. So basically what I learned from this research is that do not touch a police dog. And you also have to learn, love what you do. But the situation, they have to be able to, when an officer is in cover, like a canine unit, they need to be able to run like a hundred yards, jump into a car with someone with a shotgun and just like literally take him out. Okay, right. so the training is extremely intense, and they're trained to be aggressive. Give me more about the training. Um, yeah, I don't want to disappoint you, but give it. But basically, the the training is uh, all about these decoy suits. Um, they're trained. Uh, they um they take some dogs from the police academy, some dogs from the rescue, but most of the dogs are usually bred on site because they need the genetics, specific mm-hmm. genetics, to be a police dog. Okay, bred on site, like the ones that are good, they're going to breed those. Yes. Yes, we're talking about Belgian cool. Malinois. Um, that's all basically I have on police and bomb dogs for right now. But it's very interesting, and their training is extremely intense. It's just crazy when you, if you're a dog owner out there, that you think that these dogs can be can literally pick out, can sit by a barrel of like 10,000 different scents, right. when you literally can't train your dog to pick two of them out. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. I just one more thing is that when these dogs are on like a smell, like when they're trying to smell for some drugs or something like that, they are not like right next to the owner, like an obedience training dog. Like you see at like a a dog show, Mm -hmm. they're literally at the end of the leash. Like they are torqued at the end of the leash, leash snarling for it. So they're, they're trained not to be, um, 
docile really so much as they are trained to be like working and torqued. Okay, now I have a question. If yeah. you were a dog trainer all day and that's what you did, here's sounds, sounds I think cool. about this all the time. Yeah. And you were like a dog trainer and that's all you did is train dog, train dog, train dog. Okay, for te- for ten hours a day, right? Then you get home, right? And okay. you've got your kids and your your wife or your husband or whatever. And then you try to click her. Then you click. And them. then you're just like, it does something bad. And you're like, bad. How would you not just start training your kids and significant other like a dog? Clicker training. I think every, a lot of people have that problem with their profession, right? Like when I was programming every day, I'd go home oh and try to God. like put, it's a horrible brain. You yeah. try to put everything in their little, in this little box and you try to organize like your partner and it's just a horrible, it's just bad for a relationship. You know, a lot of people have that problem, but yeah. Yeah. The coding, get, the coding I mean, can be brutal. That's one of the things with work is you have to decompress. You got to decompress. When right. You come and, and one of the problems with working together is that you're just, you, you can't just work that. on this issue for six hours and you're just like, what the fuck are we going to do now? We're in the same room. That, and there's like nothing we can do. Six months later. That's why you're in the Thunderdome beating the absolute shit. Six out months of each later, other. you're in the Thunderdome of Burning Man beating each other up. Right. I killed my wife in the Thunderdome. Killed my husband in the Thunderdome. I can't believe people. I mean, I can't believe people do that to be honest, but, um, Let's go back to dogs away from people, Noah. Okay. How much can dogs read our behavior or communicate with us? Okay. Thank you. So one thing that I think about all the time when I'm looking at my dog, how much does he actually understand? Okay. Is it just like the tone of my voice? Is it like one letter of the word? How much, how much does he actually get? I've talked a little bit about my dog. Can you talk about your dog? Like what, what breed is he? Like what breeder did you get him from? Stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, I, so I rescued my dog. Okay. Cause I'm an ethical person. We're going to get into Adam, that. Adam, really shortly. Adam rescued his dog from, from his dog's brother and sisters and, and from, from his parents. So anyway, um, there was an MRI experiment at Etovos Loran university in Hungary where they put dogs in an MRI machine. And they measured their brain during different commands. Oh, my God. Okay. So, the dogs were given positive sounding voices. Okay. So, like, hello. Like a nice hello. Here, boy. Here. Yeah. That's a that's good, a good boy. one. Good boy. Here, boy. Hello. And then they were given praise, which is good boy. So, mm-hmm. praise is different than, like, a positive tone. Hello is different than good boy. Okay. So, they said a good thing, but not in a high-pitched voice, basically. So, hello is a positive sounding voice, Adam. Oh. Okay. Wow. So, let me do it to you. Good, good boy is, like, is praise. Okay, and then they did neutral tones like, like hi. Okay, what what they found was that for each different command, an actual a specific different part of their brain lit up when when the owner gave the command. And why this is interesting is because it shows that even between a positive like when you go hello to a dog versus like good boy, good boy, that actually is lighting up a different part of their brain. So they they do pick up the nuances of your communication. The tone of your voice. The the tone, not only the tone of your voice, Adam. Okay. Isn't that most of what they pick up is just the tone of your voice? No. So this is, so if you say hello. Yeah. Right. You might say hello as the same way as good boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they can tell the difference between when you are directly praising them versus you just being positive with them. So I, okay. so the interesting thing again, Adam, but you're being a bad boy. Okay. Is that, is that, that, that's a small nuance. And the dog is able to d- differentiate between that nuance. Yeah. Good. Okay. There's also a dog named... Sit. There's a, <laughs> you are bad. You're bad. Sit. You bad boy. It's a small nuance. All right. Chaser. There's a dog named Chaser. You guys might have heard about this. But he can remember... Adam, how many toys do you think this dog can remember? Like by name? By name. You might have seen this. Is it, is it like 50? Okay. This dog... Can can out of a they put the to, there's a video of it, they put the toys all together in this one lump okay yeah. it's an Australian Shepherd so like an actual smart smart ass dog 
It can remember not you two, not our dogs, which are sitting here. Okay, it can remember the name of a thousand and twenty-two toys. Holy shit! How? So if there's a pile of a thousand and twenty-two toys, and you're like, get the corn, right? It will run in and get the corn, stuffed corn, or get my fish. Get the, get your fish. It will literally sift through all the other toys and get the fish verbally. And again, this dog knows a thousand and twenty-two toys. I cannot train my dog differenti- differentiate between two. Yeah, no, so I, I think I mean that's either. that's crazy too. Is the the difference of intelligence? So like humans, right? Yeah. Obviously, we still haven't figured out how to measure this, but humans have difference in intelligence. Wait, but that that's amazing that dogs can do that because most dogs can't even do a basic tell one and right. two apart. And I think that that is really interesting and something that isn't really discussed is variance in intelligence of dogs of dogs. Yeah, do dogs have the same kind of variance in intelligence as humans? It fucking, oh, yeah. it fucking seems so. Chaser Belker, is like the Elon Musk of dogs. <laughs> okay. Whereas our, our dogs are like, well, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's not pretty. Right. Okay. Can dogs, another, can, can dogs feel empathy? So like another thing with communication. So yawning in humans, <laughs> studies have shown, <sighs> studies have shown that like species that are, that are empathetic and can, and actually have theory of mind, as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. they experience yawning. Sorry, something called contagious yawning, where one person yawns and the next literally person talking yawns. about yawning is making me want to yawn. Yeah, no, I feel. Hold on, yawn, yawn, like... yawn, 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 yawn. Did you guys just yawn? When I was doing research yeah. for this, I was almost. I'm yawning. Oh my god, yeah. it's literally happening. Stop, stop. I have a bad. I'm just empathetic. What can I say? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, species that yawn back, like from contagious yawning, they're empathetic. Dogs have like really bad uh, contagious yawning. So. And what's really interesting is that there's a cross, it crosses species. So if you yawn, your dog is more likely to yawn. And also if you're the owner of your dog mm-hmm. and you yawn, he's more likely to yawn from the owner rather than a random person. Oh, cool. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's really cool. Yeah. It's crazy. Dogs do yawn. My dog yawns all the time, all the time. But then he does a little ah, at the end. Do you hear that? Yeah. It's cute. Does your dog do that? No. Is that he, normal? No. He goes, you have, you have a bizarre remember creature. The pi- remember the pips he made? When he was a puppy, What's up he would make dog? these little sounds okay. like... My dog and your... Just to be honest with you for a second. My dog and your dog's intelligence level. Sure. Okay, I'm going to let you start. I don't think they're exactly poodles. I'll say that. No, no, no. Are, are, who is over the other? Um, Who's more intelligent? I think... I, I. It's hard to say. Come defend my dog because he's a puppy, right? Labs are puppies for a very long time. So they're like three years old, practically. He's two years old. I think he's just got puppy brain. He's very curious. Yeah. He's he's not smart. He's I not, wouldn't say my not, dog is very he's smart. Not smart. I wouldn't say mine is either, but mine dog's smarter than yours. Anyway. World's dumb as Hey, lab. also another thing. Partial face recognition. Yeah. Okay. So in this study, they had dogs look at photos of like the only the top half or bottom half of human faces. Mm-hmm. So obviously like as we've seen now, try communicating with someone with a mask on. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard. I can barely understand them. And you're yeah, like, you're like, are they like being sarcastic or happy or like what is happening? It is weird. Okay. Yeah. It's really weird, right? It's very difficult. Yeah. If you show a dog like just part of your face, okay, and you're doing like a positive response, it know the dogs know humans so well, they can communicate with humans so well that all the dog needs is part of a human face to know that you're giving it a positive response the or eyes, a negative response. The eyes specifically? Yeah. So if you just, if you show that, so in this experiment, they would like just show the dog eyes okay. and they'd be like, do positive eyes. And if you did it, your dog would have a positive reaction versus that, negative eyes. That is really cool. Yep. 
Anyway, Noah, good section, dude. Does my dog know when I'm gone for one day versus three months? <laughs> Do they have any sense of time? Okay, so one thing we've all we've all thought about, right? When you leave for a day of work and your dog, you come home and your dog just like jumps all over you and you're like, that's amazing. Then you like might go on a trip for like two weeks, right? And you come back and your dog kind of exhibited the same amount of happiness sometimes. And you're like, did it, did it know? Right? Did it know that I was gone for longer a day or does he not, does he or she not know at all? Right. Show me some more love, damn it. Oh yeah. Show me some more love. Okay. So let's start off first. Your dog obviously has a memory for some things. Okay. So I'm going to give a couple examples. Like when I'm about to feed Ollie at five and he starts to whine. Okay. Or in the morning where he's trying to wake me up. So I go walk him. So this is called circadian oscillation and dogs actually have a better circadian rhythm than humans. I mean, they can just feel kind of where they are in the day. Yes. Biologically, they're better at telling where they are in the day than a human is. Seems like it. Okay. And another way that they tell where they are in a day is dogs actually, they smell like they smell the morning. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So like when a dog wakes up, wakes up, it smells that it's the morning. And like when it's five o'clock and I feed him, he can pinpoint the exact smells of five. He's like, oh, the, these are the smells I get when, I, when it's my turn to eat. Right. Yeah, definitely. So it, it smells, your dog smells time. So they do have a sense of time. They have a sense of time by their nose. Okay, but how about like day versus three months kind of? Yes. Okay. So day versus three months, This is a, we need to touch on something called episodic memory Ooh. versus non-episodic, okay? Yeah. So here's the thing. If you teach your dog to sit, right? Teach him to sit. He <laughs> Is my dog going to sit now? He might remember that the command for sit is to sit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that does not mean that your dog remembers the first time that you ever taught him to sit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so likewise with a human, you might remember that, you know, the the red line, might, a subway stop might take you from point A to point B, mm -hmm. right? But you don't, maybe you don't remember the first time that you ever rode the subway and learned this. Why would you? Yeah. Okay, so episodic memory is obviously all this stuff is sibling research but it is something that is pretty unique to humans. Mm -hmm. The fact that I can actually, I can remember the first time that I, you know, met Ashley. I don't remember the first right. time I ate food with a spoon. Okay. Well, that's interesting you say that. Do you know why you can't remember that? Why? Episodic memory isn't developed in humans until after five. Uh, I, I don't remember the first time I hit a baseball. Right. Okay. Some things you don't. Some that's what I'm saying. Some things you don't have an episodic memory of. I don't know if humans have. Episodic do you memory. do you remember the first time we sat down to do this podcast? The exact first time. No, I don't really. I like. I God I damn it! Really you remember it? Okay. Can you tell me? <clears throat> I'm sure that you can episodically remember <coughs> something, though, right? Sure. Okay. I'll say yes. <coughs> so, when you leave your dog, when you go out of the house and you leave your dog, yeah. Can your dog remember that that exact moment, that is when you left? Okay. Oh. That's why I'm bringing this up. Okay. Can they? Okay. Probably not. Oh. It, he probably does not have an episodic memory of that exact exact moment. But animals can, like, they can, they do have a mental clock. Uh-huh. Okay. So one example of this is a scrub jay experiment. Okay. So scrub jays like to eat larvae that's fresh. That's their favorite food. Okay. So to test this experiment, uh, this was done by Endel Tolving. They buried... J.R.R. Tolkien? J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien. They, they buried larvae and peanuts. 
Uh-huh. Okay. So, and then they returned some scrub jays to the site that they buried it that were four hours after they buried it and some that was five days after. Mm-hmm. Okay. The four hours after, the scrub jays went directly to the larva. Mm-hmm. Okay. The five days after, the scrub jays kno- knew that... Okay, sorry. The scrub jays were the ones that buried the stuff. So, the, so when they returned five days later, the scrub jays knew that it was five days and the larva wasn't fresh. And also... To like make sure that this this experiment went well, they replaced they replaced the larva with fresh larva to make sure they weren't just smelling the rot the rot. Okay, okay, that probably went one year and out the other. No, I got that. So they anyway they do have episodic memory, is what you're saying. Scrub jays. Okay, so so here's the thing, they just because you have a again just because you have a mental clock, it does not mean that you have episodic memory. Okay, Doctor Sudendorf. A Swedish animal researcher that's like that argues like against animals having episodic memory. Yep. He says this. He says, I know that in 1967 in Sweden, my mom gave birth to me, but that doesn't mean I can travel back to that time and experience that event. Yeah, I agree so, with him. Yeah. Okay. So do animals have episodic memory? It maybe not, probably not. And honestly, in general, animals are pretty bad at forecasting for the future. And one example you might you might use is squirrels like like um Putting nuts away. Yeah. Okay. But but research has shown that that's really just by instinct. For instance, if if squirrels are putting nuts away and you just take you take away all their nuts to show them like that's a bad spot to put it, mm-hmm. you shouldn't do it anymore. You won't have any nuts for the winter. They'll just keep putting it back there. <laughs> so they're just doing it like a robot. They okay. don't actually have it. Okay. Okay. So besides the fact that dogs probably don't have an episodic memory and don't remember the exact time, exact moment where you left the house, mm-hmm. again, going back to what we talked about, this is Alex- Alexander Horowitz, like you mentioned, the Jesus founder of the Christ. Dog Cognition Lab. Jew. Okay. Horowitz, probably a Jew. Okay. Alexander, maybe not. So what, what she's found from her research is that dogs do smell time. Okay. And they can smell time like this. Okay. So like, let's say that you leave the house. Yeah. Right. The dog senses that like your smell gets less and less and less. Oh. So let's say so they let's say you come back like 24 hours later. Sure. Okay? The dogs will know that like your smell has gone down to a certain point and that you have been gone for that long of a time. Oh. Okay? Okay, may, she says maybe that's possible? Not maybe. They they can tell time by how do you prove that? How do you prove that? They can tell time by smell. They can tell time by smell. By your smell they, going yeah, less and, and less. And this goes back to my like kind of theory that they just really like, that's how they interact with the world. It's by their nose. They smell everything. How does she, how did she sa- talk about proving that? What's the experiment to prove that? That's crazy talk. Okay. That's a really good question. Yeah. I don't buy that. I just have what she said. Okay. so But the, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I use this as an example. And yes, I did send my fiance one of these. And, and I guarantee you the tears did flow. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched videos of soldiers coming home and their dogs going fucking ape shit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, if you watch that video, there is no one that would watch that video that like knows dogs and would say that that dog's acting like you just went away for 24 hours. True. The dog is 100% acting like you've been gone for a long time. I prefer to those videos, the videos of a gorilla studier, primatologist returning to the jungle in the Congo of the gorilla they studied 20 years ago. Oh, my God. And the gorilla like follows the boat up the river and then gives them a a hug. Oh, my God. That's that. I prefer those. Those are amazing. Holy shit. That's a good one. And the gorilla is like super into their... I'll put that that on Facebook. Oh, God. Is it intense emotionally? It's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's the stuff we need right now. The dog video... The the soldier dog videos were good, honestly. Yeah. They were real good. Um, So, 
so obviously like just just by being a normal person you can see that they fucking know they know that the person's been gone for longer than 24 hours and her theory is that they they basically so let's say that the soldier is gone right they sense that the smell is leaving 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 yeah, leaving and after like three months the smell's totally gone and they're like the smell that bring me a lot of joy and happiness oh right the smell that i loved it's totally gone and then all of a sudden one day like there's videos of like dogs jumping out of their cars and like running up to the soldier who's like really far away because they're like oh my god the, the happiness smell is back gosh you make some good points okay so i think that's really cool so in in summation the answer is yes the dog can tell how long you've been gone it, can they tell it like a human can no but they tell it in the fact that your smell has decreased in the area that they're in and your smell is going away what a fucking great section. That was maybe Thank one you. of your best sections you've ever done. Oh, yes. On your Thank day, you. you can really bring it. Maybe you're not as consistent as I am, but you can really bring it on your day. <laughs> I like it. As I say, every, been every dog has his I'm day. Not, I'm not a consistent soccer player. Every either. dog has his day. Not a consistent soccer player. Open kimono time. Open kimono now. Okay. You want me to go first? I'll save your voice a little bit. Just talked a lot. Okay, you go. Um... I thought the coolest thing is that Blue knows that I'm his parent. And yeah. you have said that. Isn't that cool? That's proven because of the playground research and because of the oxytocin. There it released. is. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. And I'm just going to keep that in my brain, even though he's never going to tell me. And that will make me happier every day. I love it. I'm I'm really happy that finally I have answers to a couple of questions I've always asked, which is like, what does my dog see me as? It's the parent. Okay. Mm. Why the hell do I like literally have this fixation on petting him? It's yeah. because of oxytocin oxytocin being released in your brain and his brain and also yes they know how they know how long you're gone but it's not like a human no but in the way of smell i mean that's amazing. and then i'm gonna say guys if you have been trying to decide whether to get a dog or not i just want to say that they are not as expensive as you think okay especially mine i was fucking 60 bucks why don't you actually tell them how much it is per year because you record it <laughs> Yeah, hold on. I'll just tell you right nah, now. Fuck, I can't get my phone. My dog, I pay for. You don't have to pay for pet insurance, but I do. And his dog food combined is like seventy bucks a month. And then his toys, maybe another ten, ten dollars. I really don't spend that much money on toys. I mean, he loves just a sock bundle more than anything. So, through the year, he's a thousand dollars a year, so far. Yeah, which is really not that much. And do, you know, do they shit in the house sometimes? Do Absolutely they do do things that are bad? Yes, but I would say honestly. Probably 99.9, literally percent of the time, and the emotions you feel are positive. It just makes you feel more positive emotions, if anything. Whenever, when I'm done with the day, and when I do my journal, to like three things that you like during the day. Oh my Almost God. every day, there's something about my dog. Very interesting. Is that same for you or no? Yes. I have a, I have a ton of my dog. I try and I try and force myself to do different stuff every day. I do too, but I, but sometimes I come back to, the to dog. do like, oh, when I was meditating... Or trying to meditate. Yeah. And Blue put his head on me. Yeah, I have. Yeah, cool. exactly. I have Ollie cuddling with me. Probably like, that's probably the most things I have to be grateful for or great things that happened the day before in my journal. People do say that when a, when a purebred cuddles with you, you yeah. get more oxytocin. People say, people do breed. say that when you, the adopted dogs, they know Just that. Just kidding. They know Just that, kidding, everyone. They, they, know that, they know that you saved them. And so they're more attached to you. For those of you with purebreds, I'll see you at the convention, the purebred convention. Okay. You, you know, know for you those are. of you that, that the, those are you ethicists out there with me. You know, we know what we're doing. Okay. Oh, it's all in jest, guys. Shout out Dan Hack for the Golden Retriever. Oh, really? Oh, right. Yeah, Dan, Golden Retriever. Dan Hack. You, Shout met, out you Dan met the Golden Retriever. Shout out to Sarah and her boyfriends. We hope that you guys have dogs, all of her boyfriends, and that you're recovering mm -hmm. from Sarah the damage might, Sarah, might your heart. Sarah might need a dog after you guys. Sarah should get a dog. She get, should get a dog. Listen, hey, get your mom a dog. Shout out. Get your dad a dog. Hey, also. shout out again 
all of our friends, all of our listeners that have said great things Shout to us. To the awesome listeners. It out means there. a lot. And we love the text. We love you. And we love you guys. You can Thank find you. us on any podcast player. Well, the one thing that really helps is to go to iTunes and to leave us a five-star review. If you like the podcast, if you learned anything from the podcast, if it gave you some joy in this time of darkness, please go onto iTunes and give us a five-star review. It really helps. And we really appreciate that you guys love you guys. We'll see love you next you. time. We'll see you next time. Bye.